Turn it off first. Her, saw Mary rise quickly and go out. They followed her, 
supposing that she was going to the tomb to weep there. Now when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews, had, when Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who had come with her were also weeping, he was deeply moved in his spirit and greatly troubled. And he said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, See how he loved him? But some of them said, Could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus said, Deeply moved again. Then Jesus, deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and it's a stone laying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time, there will be an odor, for he has been dead for four days. Now Jesus said to her, Did I not tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So they took away the stone, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this on account of the people standing around, that they may believe in you sent me. When he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The man who had died came out, his hands and feet bound with linen strips and his face wrapped with cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. You may be seated. This is a passage of scripture that um, we all know fairly well. but I think we want to kind of go back uh, to early in the chapter where Jesus is really talking about, um, the scripture is really telling us more about Lazarus and his family. So if you go back to verse 1 in the chapter, it's describing who these people are. Lazarus, of course, was, I'm having a problem here. My laptop does not want to stay So it's describing Lazarus and Mary and Martha were all brothers and sisters. Um, So they were family. And what was concerning for Mary and Martha was is that they lost Lazarus. What would be their source of income? What would be their source of health? And so they were concerned about that as well. And so the sisters sent word for Jesus and to tell him that Lazarus was sick, but Jesus decided that um, Lazarus, you know, he said, this is, this is sickness is not to end in death, but for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified in it. Now, like any relationship between a family member uh, and siblings, it's a very strong bond. How many here are siblings? Okay. And you all love your brothers and sisters, right? Sometimes. Sometimes. Okay. But as you get older, that bond grows more and more, and it'll be stronger. Um, you may fight like cats and dogs now, but someday you'll love each other more and more. So if something were to happen to you, between any of you, 
Uh, let's say you walked out of here tonight and you were killed in a car accident, uh, one of you. Um, how would you feel? I mean, you would be just struck with, you know, um, sorrow and uh, sadness because you lost one of your family members. But here Jesus was deciding not to leave Lazarus, uh, not to leave uh, where he was at. Um, he decided not to go to, to Lazarus, uh, who I believe was his closest friend, check on him. But Jesus decided to stay two more days. And the disciples being confused because he wanted to go back to the place uh, where he'd been threatened to be stoned to death, um, had to wonder what Jesus was doing. So what was Jesus' response to them? So if you turn to John eleven nine, it tells us what Jesus' response was. It says, Are there not twelve hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if anyone who walks in night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. So when you say, see that word, where it says, are there not 12 hours in a day? There's actually 24 hours in a day, right? But there's only 12 hours of light time. And in that particular area in the country where they live, this would have been 12 hours of daylight. Um, that they were talking about. Then Jesus tells them that he's going to Lazarus, who has fallen asleep. And then the disciples think that Lazarus was just in a deep sleep, but Jesus was actually referring to his death. So Jesus had to tell them more sternly and more effectively, Lazarus is dead. So he knew that he was already dead. So he goes on to tell them that he's glad and that, that he was not there so that they may believe. Now, do you think they got that and understood that? Jesus was doing this for what purpose? Why was Jesus doing this? Anybody know? Nobody knows. But you should. So this is where you jump in, okay? Somebody? Was it to give himself glory? All right, to bring glory to God, right? Yeah. And we'll see many times in Jesus' walk where he performed all these earthly miracles um, that he constantly taught that, that this was not for uh, anything but to glorify God. Now, here's the pop quiz. Everybody likes pop quizzes, right? Who likes pop quizzes? You guys will probably get this then, right? All right, close your books real quick. I don't want to... This is the closed book pop quiz. Who can stand and tell me the verse, the very first verse that you learned in our sessions, John 1.14? Who can, who can recite that? Who can do that? Stand up. Just one person? Two? Okay. All right. Can you all say it together in unison? I'll start. I'll give you the first word. And... And, I'm giving you the first word. And, all right, if you don't know anything past and, then sit down. We're just trying to synchronize it. Synchronize it, just start talking. And the word, and the word became, became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, and so what was he asking in that verse? 
We have seen his glory. glory. All right, you need to see his. So much for that pop quiz. Now, Thomas had a great idea. Thomas was traveling with him, and he says, let us go that we may die with him. What do you think they were saying there? What do you think he was saying there? We would all say, what? You want to go where? What do you think he was trying to say? Since I get no response, Thomas's words were reflecting his loyal devotion and at the same time pessimism over the fact that they too would probably die. They all feared that because of the bitter hostility between Jesus that they had that they had against him, that they would be killed. Now that was just the introduction for our story tonight. Okay, so now let's turn to our. Uh, first verses. The, the event begins where Jesus is coming from Paris and the region across the Jordan River, and Jesus has just reached the outskirts of Bethany, which is near Jerusalem. Lazarus had been in the tomb four days. What happens after four days? Your body starts to decay. Yeah. yeah. Eventually, you're going to start stinking, right? The Jews believe that the soul hovered above the body for three days until the fourth day, and then hoping to re-enter it. So after the fourth day, the body would begin to decompose so that Paul, or the, so the soul, uh, would depart from it. Only then would death be considered completely irreversible. So the Jews recognized the fact that there, the only way for this to be reversed was through a miracle in itself in order to restore his life. And Jesus knew this as well. And, and that's the reason why he allowed this to play out. He wanted them to believe and to give God all the glory. It was necessary for all of this to take place. Now John tells us also that Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles east of Jericho. And this was near the hotbed of the murderous opposition that Jesus was going to face. Now there were mourners presently at, with comforting the sisters and they would have remained with them for the entire week. So when you go to a funeral, how long do you mourn a person's body in present day time? Usually it's one day. And so these uh, folks were there for the entire week. And it was customary to bury uh, the deceased on the day of their death due to the heat and the climate. So you have to understand that, you know, in this particular area of the country, uh, it got pretty hot, and it doesn't take long for if you would put a piece of meat out, how long would it take to start to stink? Uh, so you want to put them in the tomb as quickly as possible. And then the, the main thing here was that the mourners would also be here when Jesus performed this miracle. And so Martha, being the forceful one, uh, as we also learned in the previous lesson from Luke 10, 38-40 that Pastor Josh preached two weeks ago. You all remember that one? If you were in Sunday in church. Uh, we see the passage of Martha was the active one and Mary was the quiet one because she was seated at Jesus' feet. And I think uh, Pastor Scott preached on this uh, once before too in our group. Uh, so Martha went to meet with Jesus and upon reaching him, she said to him, uh, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So this is going to be the first of the two repeated phrases uh, in this lesson. Now Jesus responded by telling her, your brother will rise again. 
And Jesus said it one way, but Martha took it another. Martha knew that he would rise again on the resurrection of the last day, uh, which we all believe that. Re resurrection of the body was taught in the Old Testament, and the Pharisees affirmed it, and Martha knew of the teaching of Jesus. While Martha knew and believed that Jesus had the power to raise her brother in the future, she did not think that he could raise Lazarus immediately. Now this is where Jesus tells us the title of our lesson tonight. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. He was calling her to a personal trust in him as one who alone has the power over death. Then Jesus says two more statements. He who believes in me will never die, will even if he dies, and everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. Here he is speaking about the physical life and the eternal life. And so Jesus challenged Martha. Then he said, do you believe this? He wasn't asking her if she believed that he was about to raise her brother. The Lord was calling her to a personal belief that he alone was the source of resurrection power and eternal life. Because of his love for her soul, Jesus was pointing her to the only source of spiritual life and well-being himself. Martha confirmed that he was the Christ, the Son of God, and he, she referred to him as he who comes into the world and delivers, and the deliverer sent by God. So Martha confirmed that. So now that Martha had affirmed her faith in Jesus, she went back to her sister Mary. Now Mary, uh, of course, she was still in the house with the mourners, uh, and Martha went to her privately to tell her that Jesus had come and Jesus wanted to see her. And she may have been trying to protect Jesus by keeping him away from the hostile Jews by telling her in private um, that there was Jews in attendance that basically wanted to see Jesus um, killed. Martha's attempt to keep it private didn't work though. So what, did, what happened? As Mary ran out the door, the mourner saw her leaving quickly and what did they do? What most mourners would do. They would follow wherever she goes. And Jesus knew this was going to happen. And it was going to be his way of revealing his miracle to the whole group. And Mary, being the more emotional of the two sisters, came to Jesus when she saw him and she fell at his feet weeping. And saying to him exactly the same thing Martha said. This is your repeated phrase, the second one. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now she wasn't blaming Jesus or accusing him, but at the moment of her grieving, she was simply speaking what was on her mind. So Mary was weeping, and all the mourners were weeping. So it was an emotional and intense moment. Um, have you ever witnessed this on the news where you see a a woman who's just lost a child um, and she's just basically wailing uh, and crying and weeping. Uh, and that's what these mourners do. Um, they wail and uh, they weep. So as is in Jewish uh, custom, even the poorest families were expected to hire at least two flutes and one professional wailing woman. Um, I don't know what that resume looks like, but it should be pretty interesting. 
Now Mary and Martha and Lazarus were from a common family, so you can expect that they probably had more professional mourners there uh, at the time. So now as Jesus was observing the scene, and the scripture tells us in verse 33, he was deeply moved in spirit and was troubled. We can all understand why he wept, as his love for Lazarus was real, as his feelings for a close loved one would be the same. When Jesus was deeply moved in spirit, it's referring that he appears to have been angry, not only over the painful realization of sin and death, of which Lazarus was a beloved example, but with mourners who were acting like pagans uh, who have no hope. And also in verse 33, the word troubled further emphasizes the Lord's strong reaction. Then Jesus said, where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Then the scripture tells us Jesus wept. And we all know that this is the shortest verse in the Bible, right? But it has um, strong, uh, you know, what we would call it, even the shortest verse, you know, it has a, a rich meaning uh, to it. It's emphasizing Jesus' humanity. He was truly a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. So the stage is now set for the compassionate Savior to visibly show his claim to be the resurrection and the life. In verse 37 it tells us, But some of them said, Could not he have opened the eyes of the blind man, also had kept this man from dying? And so some of the mourners, they were questioning, and having the same attitude of the sisters at the same time, wondering why Jesus had not come sooner. They were probably confused because they knew that Jesus had the power to heal. Because in chapter 9, verses 1 through 41, he had healed that blind man uh, from death, or from birth. Um, and this was probably one of the last major miracles that Jesus had performed. It had been that long ago, had not been that long ago, so they remembered what he could do. But Jesus delayed in coming because he had a purpose in mind. And that was to bring glory to himself and to the Father. Now, so here are the mourners. They were still expressing doubt in verses 37, resulting in Jesus again being deeply moved. The tomb <clears throat> that they were going to was nothing more than a cave. And, uh, uh, you know, basically carved out of rocks, which was made of limestone. In that region of the country, the mountains are either granite or limestone, one or the, one or the other. And we're, I'm in another study on Wednesday, uh, Thursday night's uh, life group where we're studying about the wadis uh, in, in that region of the Sinai Peninsula. And uh, some of the stone can be carved, and then, of course, you know what granite. You can't carve granite unless you've got heavy stones in that. So by now, the stench of the decaying body uh, could be smelt because of the smell of the spices that they've used that kind of worn off. And... It, of course, back in those days, they didn't embalm the bodies like they do today. And again, another reason uh, why Jesus waited to come. And this probably sent Mary and Martha into a little bit of a panic uh, because they assumed that Jesus may have wanted to take one last look at Lazarus. Um, whether that was to confirm that it was actually Lazarus or just to see him for the last time. So, but in their mind, it was too late for them. Um, Jesus, like, too late for him to do anything for Lazarus because he had been dead for four days. 
So Martha's response uh, caused Jesus to respond to her as a sign of hope and also a sign of rebuke. Jesus' reminder to Martha was to stop being so concerned about her brother's body and start focusing on him. So what does he tell Martha to do? Tells her to believe and she would see what? Anybody? What does he tell her? See the glory of God. So through the sovereign act of Christ, designed to glorify himself and the Father by putting the resurrection power on display. So no matter how Martha was going to respond, it would have happened anyway. But all those present would have seen the fullness of God's glory reflected in her. So Martha gave consent to have the stone renewed by some of those in, in attendance, and typically that would have been those that were following her uh, as bystanders. But Jesus wanted to involve the bystanders. He wanted them to see as he rolled the stone away uh, what was going to happen. So Jesus then begins to pray to his Father. And the, and the prayer was not for Jesus' benefit, but for those who were standing around so that they would believe. This was all that Jesus was asking them, uh, asking for then, and even today, is that we believe in him. The verse used um, to every one of us as young children, if, who can tell me what your most popular verse was as you were growing up through Awanas? John 3.16. And what does it tell us in that verse? And so the phrase that I want you to pick up on here is that whoever believes in him. Okay? So it, it continues through the New Testament as well. And so having prayed the prayer, Jesus called Lazarus back to life with a loud voice. Lazarus, come out! So why did Jesus shout? Where was your focus at that moment? Everybody was focused on him, right? And so Jesus said it with a loud voice, and so if you were sending it by text, you would do what? You would put all caps, right? Loud, loudly. And so the only way he could get their attention was by doing it with a loud voice. Now, that was to get everybody's attention. And like something out of a movie, Lazarus came forth, still bound in his wrappings, with his face wrapped as well, and Jesus gave the command to unbind him and let him go. Now, there is a significance as to the bystanders in touching and unwrapping Lazarus. He wanted them to touch and to feel and know that Lazarus was alive. And the very mourner who doubted Jesus became part of the sign and therefore were undeniably witnesses to the power of Jesus. Though this was a climatic, miraculous sign of Jesus' earthly ministry, this was also leading up to what was yet to come. Because Jesus' resurrection, we too will someday receive glorified, incorruptible bodies. So we've unpacked a lot here in just a short period of time. So now it's time for you to go back to your small groups and to really dive into what we've learned tonight. Okay? So you are just me.